Welcome to Music Journeys, I'm Mike Foley. Thrilled to have you meet Roberta Lee, who has an amazing album called Too Much of a Woman. We caught up with Roberta ahead of a show this fall for the Columbus Folk Music Society. Roberta details the inspiration for many of her songs, shares her thoughts on the power of music, and how she sees her role as an artist as a public service. She also provides some stellar selections in the listener favorite segment we call the Fast Five. Roberta Lee, our featured guest on this edition of Music Journeys, thanks for listening. Hi everyone, this is Roberta Lee and this is my music journey. The drama, wisdom, and grace like Michelle Obama. You know she's gonna be on ya. Next, we're gonna need the baddie pushing the limits, embarrassing daddy, teaching us all how to bounce the fatty. I just hope we're ready. Get your tickets, time to fly. Leave behind the nine to five. Pop the drinks and let's get lit. It's time for another girl trip. Book the rooms at the hotel. Set aside some cash for bail. Bad behavior. Another girl Roberta Lee recalls several girl trips and music memories with her family. So my parents, of course, they raised us between the 80s and 90s. So they had all sorts of old school R&B and jazz and gospel. And so we had the range of Anita Bakers and Roberta Flax and Kenny G's and, you know, um, the gospel legends. And so that was traditional, right? Saturday morning, cleaning up Sunday morning, right? That's what my mom was was playing on the radio. But when it came to my sisters, their taste and their range of music was completely different. I have two older sisters. The oldest was totally into Alanis Morissette and Sheryl Crow. Some of my fondest memories with her is when she got her license and we would drive down to the beach and we would be blaring Sheryl Crow, you know, through the with the windows down and, you know, Jewel, like folks of that nature. And then my other sister was completely into hip-hop i mean just tupac trina you know um foxy brown like let's go on so um as you can see um the range and the love of music was um everywhere darling darling don't forget to run around and break a sweat to have some fun a kitty pool and some water guns and don't forget to learn about those birds and bees on these ghetto country streets raised in here in Norfolk, Virginia. So um, being from Virginia itself, it has such a rich 
complicated history when it comes to culture and diversity. We um, here in Norfolk is the largest military is the largest Navy base. And so there are people who moved in and out and it was just very calm, you know, going, growing up in high school was black, white, Filipino, Hispanic, like everybody was here all the time. So, and I think a lot of artists who come from Virginia speak to that, um, Missy Elliott, Pharrell, um, and the list kind of goes on, but there's just always just this eclectic mixture of influences that you could find. Even folks ask about my accent that doesn't quite land anywhere, but it you can hear it's influenced from everywhere. And I feel like geographically, socially, culturally, Virginia has, it's very evident that this area just has something in the water, as they call it, you know, that that kind of pours into us as artists. What is it that uh, inspired you to kind of take the love and take everything you were soaking in and say, eventually, I want to, I want to record, I want to perform, I want to make a career with this? Uh, well, uh, like a lot of folks, I kind of started in, in church. Um, I was just a teenager and I was going to, um, to to church and they had things for the youth to do. And one of those things was concert scenes. And um, as much as I know, I feel like we're in a period of deconstruction when it comes to, to church and Christianity and religion. But of if anything, culturally, church has always been a space where you were allowed to to, to get up there and do something for God. They didn't care how, if you, you know, it didn't matter how inexperienced you were. It didn't matter um, your status quo or anything. If you're going to, if you're going to do it for the Lord, get up there and do it. So there was a boldness that you could kind of approach to just getting up and just trying something and um, having a platform and a space where I was able to experiment, figure out who I was and I got encouragement. And so I found that it, was a space where it came very easily to me, but music isn't really presented to a teenager as, you know, a, a career path. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, you, I'm, I'm getting, I'm in high school, I'm getting into college and it's like, okay, so get a job, you know, follow the beaten path, go to college, get a job. You know, there's this kind of this lineup. And even though music was always a part of me and I would write songs out of nowhere and I would, uh, spend a lot of time playing the piano by myself, learning and and growing in that space. I just never really connected between actually doing it as a career. And that wasn't until later on where I realized it was something that just just never left me alone. Like I had to write a song. <laughs> I had to had to perform it, had to do something. And so the more and more I, I accepted the fact that I was a songwriter, that I was a producer, that I was an artist, then that's the closer I got to actually making the move to actually doing it. Before we dig into this uh, this new album, I always like to ask about key moments or experiences and not to narrow them down to one, but mm -hmm. is there something that you think about, you know, s sort of that, uh, if not for this, you know, I might not be doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the pandemic was definitely a game changer for a lot of people. And of course, we know that it was devastating in a lot of ways. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, there are a lot of people where it was their wake up call, you know, to make a shift, make a change. And so for me, um, it was it was that wake up call where I said, life is short, obviously, you know, <laughs> there's nothing like a global pandemic to remind you of that. I almost kind of had a, this conversation visualizing myself 
older and my 80 year old self asking me, well, did we at least try? Did you try? I can't, I can't be mad at myself if I at least tried. If I put forth the effort and gave it some time to see if it would even be worth the, you know, even be worth following through. So that's what I decided to do. So yeah, 2021, um, I was teaching at the time we were on virtual and, um, I'm very personable. I'm very close with my students. And so it was really hard to be on a screen, you know, trying to connect to gray boxes. They didn't want to turn their cameras on, you know, it was really hard to do that. And, you know, all the circumstances kind of lined up to where I was like, okay, it might be a good time to just bow out gracefully and, and make that shift. So that's amazing. So that was that then the EP that uh, you started with, or was there a single? Yes. Um, I released a single, uh, a collaborative work called Sunshine um, that I did with my friend Octavia the Great. I released it that summer. I got a love so strong, I think it's underlined in all cap. I was gonna sing a song about happiness, but I couldn't stop smiling long enough just to get it out. Remind myself to walk by faith so much that I forget to doubt. I got so much fire in my bones, couldn't fake a shout. On the rise, like some fresh bread, bring the bakers out. I know that the trees die, the grass wither sometimes, but if the sun shade is coming back up for sure, cause love will be there after midnight and faith will be under the moonlight joy can be found in the morning there will be no taking my sunshine can't take my can't take my can't take my sunshine can't take my can't take my can't take my sunshine once the fall came around that's when I connected, really connected with the Black Opry. Um, and there was this interest in our story and what was happening. And so I decided to ride that wave and release an EP. I had plenty of songs. Being being a songwriter since I was 16, I had <laughs> plenty of material to work with. I just needed reassurance from a community and a space and to know that there would be people to receive my music. I think that's kind of what streaming has done to me psychologically a little bit. It's kind of like, okay, it's just this abyss of never ending music. And I could, I could put my blood, sweat and tears and money into recording and just put it on streaming platforms. And then what, you know? So I, I think the hesitation and and then the confidence finally came from, uh, needing us needing a community of people who are going to be ready to receive my work and so that was the that was another change in 2021 that said okay I can do a project I can do an EP and at least I I have that support behind me how would you describe how you kind of evolved from that what do you see what do you hear what do you feel Mm, that's a that's a great question I would say that the way I evolved is really narrowing down the message that I wanted to share with people between just a taste and too much of a woman, just a taste. I was able to compile a number of songs that would give um, the listener a bird's eye view of what they could expect from me in the future. And so we have songs that tell just enough of my personality, like sweet baby Ray, something, you know, fun and poppy and catchy.
than something that's very deep in storytelling like Uniform or Back to Georgia that really draws the listener in. And so that gave me an opportunity to say, okay, I can take one concept from this project and start to expand it. And so then now I have something like Too Much of a Woman where I expand on that spicy perspective or that personality, right? And so now I kind of draw on that a little bit. And, um, you know, I look forward to developing other projects that would continue to color and, and fill in the blanks for what Just a Taste represented. I promise I'm going to get to this album, but uh, just to go back to the EP, uh, the song that really resonated with me was the um, He Can't Dance. I mean, I have three kids, two of them are girls, and I know I can't dance, but I just felt like if I was just, if I made an effort and I was there and gave them love, as you say in that song, then things would be okay. So, I mean, that, that hits right here. We take the babies to the bay for some good old family fun. They're playing music, so we get to might as well have been the only ones We're being goofy like the movies We don't care who's watching us Daddy's silly cause he's willing to show his babies how he loves Cause he can't dance but he's a real man And he gon' do what he gotta do To make them smile, to make it count To bring them every star and moon Fancy moves, no, he can't dance, but loving them will do. Yeah, that song is very personal. I mean, as the lyrics go, that's exactly how it happened. Two separate incidences, but yeah, we had dinner and I put on some BB King, some old school blues and vibing in the living room and my husband joined me. And then there was another time we were down at the beach and there was music playing and my husband busts out the sprinkler. I'm like, he's it's good. You know, so it's moments like that, but it, it happens very often. A lot of my songs are directly inspired by very specific moments. Um, and when we get to the record, you know, examples would be Dina, Dinner Sunset, Nina Simone, Back to Georgia, you know, um, the list kind of goes on. So I, it's an absolute favorite of mine. So <laughs> I'm glad that it resonates with you um, because it's true. It's kind of a, my, one of my favorite songs and it's not, I always forget the title because it's not what I think it is, but the song, I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet. I've got no rhythm. Though it's easy to pretend. I know you're not a fool. Right. Right. You should cover that, by the way. That sounded pretty okay. good. I think that was Wham and George Michael. Yeah. George Michael. Um, but the, the, the title of the song is always different than what I think it is. Um, Careless whisper. Yes, Careless Whisper, that I, there's not one lyric, and now we'll talk about the Careless Whisper, but um, that song was just always so adorable to me. <laughs> this poor guy, he's just struggling, struggling on the floor, so I feel like he can't dance as a follow-up to that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, finally, I'm getting to Too Much of a Woman. Um, as a whole, uh, overall, how would you 
describe what the collection of songs, what it represents, where it comes from? Well, if Just a Taste was like the introduction to a book, then this would be chapter one. A metaphor for a young girl's experience who um, is bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, ready to take on the world. And then suddenly we get hit with this antagonist, this villain of whether it be misogyny or patriarchy, something that wants to keep us in a box, something that wants to tell us what we can and can't do. At some point, lots of young women like myself have run into that. And and for I'll never forget for so long, I couldn't quite put my finger on it you know, until you have that aha moment. You're like, oh, (laughs) this is so silly. Why do you want to keep me in a box? Why why are you intimidated by my assertiveness? Why, you know, uh, you start to start, you start to ask those questions and realize that it's a lot deeper than what's on the surface. And that is what too much of a woman is about. attitude I better learn how to play along before your ego ends up bruised I'm sorry to tell you brother I'm not living for your comfort you can go crying to your mother cause I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do if I'm too much of a woman you can kindly step aside a true king can handle me he's got what it takes inside well I hate Point you by now, you should understand. If I'm too much of a woman, boy, you're too little of a man. If I'm too much of a woman, all women musicians, all women non binary musicians covered um, the musicianship on the track, and I wrote it and I produced it. I sent it. It was a national project where I sent it to incredible artists, Jackie Vincent in Austin, Texas, incredible bass player, Vanessa McGowan, who plays bass for Brandy Clark, um, incredible drummer, Megan Jane, and incredible, um, they call all, all things strings, right? Ellen Angelico, who um, plays guitar for Cam, the artist. And so we all got together and e- just email and I sent them the demo and they played it in their home studios and they rocked it out. They sent it back to me. I cut and I edited and I moved things around and we did that project together. And so to take it from this national perspective and then to make a music video with my fellow creatives here in my hometown, um, shout out to Nate Brown, who shot the video and Nisha Himes, who um, started the music video. And she is the founder of Grow, which is which is a domestic violence um, organization to help folks who are in those situations to get out safely and and get on their feet. And so to be able to tie those communities together, I think that that's that's the reason why that's the title track and it's the cherry on top. Like it's just a perfect all around example of our community. And not only that, but because of the guitar, Jackie Vincent shreds the guitar during the solo. It's just absolutely incredible. Some of them that snuck up on me, 
have to admit, would be the likes of Through It All. the song I loved it and that was the story that was fabricated you know I I was reaching for the keys to go to the store for something and I started to sing that she let and I started to fill in the blanks and I created this entire storyline I wrestled with it in the studio a little bit I I wasn't exactly sure where it was going but when it was complete it was like it was like oh wow <laughs> is cool this is this is awesome so it's very nice to to have songs that you you're not too sure about and then when they finish and they finally bloom you're like oh that's gorgeous you know so that that's the song that came out that I was very proud of it's like I could name half of the record (laughs) so I could kind of go on each and every song you know it's, it's like your children where you love all of them you just love them for different reasons you love them differently and so yeah dinner sunset nina simone i I would have to say is the last that one's the hit the nail on the head and i think that's because not only is it true to my songwriting style um where i will write from my truth i will write from a very specific moment which i did also the blending of styles where it, you hear the jazz elements, which is something, you know, the jazz and old school R&B, but we do have the classic elements of country like the fiddle. And you see this blend between the two of them. And obviously, vocally, I stay true to that country form as well. So you hear all of those different elements together. You hear it's in six, eight time, you know, the time is in six, eight. So it's like, what? what's going on here? Is, is it a country? Is it country? Is it jazz? Is it? And that's what's so fun about that one. So we ordered dinner, sunset and Nina Simone. Moments of sadness, the world has its share. But look up, my darling, there's hope in the air. Turn off the TV and put down the phone It's time for dinner, sunset and Nina Simone What we have a little 
what's become a little tradition in our home, which is putting on the music when we have dinner. And nine times out of 10, I will put on old school music. I don't know if it's because I'm adulting and I don't listen to it. These youngins are, <laughs> you know, I could probably contribute it to that. They have their kids bop and that's for, that's for them, you know, but I will most likely put on some 60s, 70s, seven, lately 70s has been in the spotlight, right? But I'm very intentional about my kids being exposed to old school records. I know, I'll never forget, they were a little bit smaller, maybe four or five, my son being five, six years old, and we were playing an alphabet game, you know? So it's like, okay, the category is um, musicians, you know, singers and musicians in the alphabet. So we're going down the alphabet, A for Adele, B for Beyonce, you know, they're kind of just going on. And then we get to E and my son, Elvis Fitzgerald, you know, <laughs> you know they don't hesitate, you know, um, when it comes to connecting with that. So um, that particular moment was, was true to that. We were we were on the other side of town and it was getting late and it was still around COVID. So we couldn't go in somewhere to get something to eat. So we go through the drive-thru and we just sit in the parking lot. And um, my husband and I are talking about Nina Simone and my daughter asked who she was. And I said, I cannot believe I haven't even, I said, stop. <laughs> I said, we're playing, playing it right now. Shame on me. <laughs> and so we sat there listening and it was, a, just a great moment because my my children are not only my kids were they tuning into her music but my husband as a, a big fan in hip-hop was putting some pieces together because Nina Simone is sampled a lot in hip-hop um and so he's like oh that's that's where they got that from and song after song he's like I, I had no clue that this you know this particular and iconic artist um was sampled so much in hip hop. And so that has become a, a tradition of ours is, okay, it's dinner time. We sit down, we eat at the table. We're putting the music on. That's wonderful. Yeah. And it is great too, when you have those aha moments with your kids and you go, you know, who originally did that? And then they tie it together and they go, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so what happens when you go down the uh, alphabet and you get to R? <laughs> did they say Roberta or, or maybe M is mom? They did, my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's very awkward to hear. <laughs> Call me by my first name, but I let that slide. <laughs> the Lord told me to tell you that He hears you when you call. Just a little safety net in case you. performer right now to me is, is music is a service to me music is a service industry people go to the barber or the salon and they get their hair cut or dyed and it makes them feel really good is it necessary maybe not always right but um it it serves a purpose in elevating that person 
And so I look at music the same way as it's it's my service and my job to create works that uplift people, that connect people, that people relate to. That is my job, not to be famous, right? It's not to be, you know, the glitz and the glamour and all that's cool and all that. But at the end of the day, as a songwriter, which I take very, um, it's very personal to me to be a songwriter. It's my job to create music that serve people. So that's what music means to me. It's supposed to put us in a, in a space that we can't, we can't get to otherwise. We had a little more fun with Roberta Lee in the Fast Five. Here we go. Okay, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first song you can remember hearing that you loved? Probably Tony Braxton's Another Sad Love Song. being a kid and tuning into riding in the backseat somewhere. She's singing another sad love song. It was really good. Wonderful. Uh, how about a song that makes you feel the most nostalgic, uh, sparks memories for you? Um, anything from SWV. kid that was i feel like one of the best eras of music and swv definitely like captured that yeah all right how about uh the go-to song you have for dancing or uh, a tune that you hear and you just can't sit still when you hear it oh my gosh uh there's lots of tunes i'll two-step to so <laughs> i don't have a problem if it's a slow jam i'll still two-step so that's <laughs> well okay let's do um electric slide okay, well, Wherever we are, I'm hitting the dance floor. Everybody can, even I could hit the dance floor in that one, right? Yeah. No, maybe not. Let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, kind of along those lines, how about a song that makes you feel like working out or uh, kind of motivates you to do something that maybe you don't feel like doing at the time? Um, Savage by Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion. Savage, 
it's just about being a savage, being a be- getting into beast mode, you know? So that's a great start to a workout. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, last one is a song that lifts you up when you're feeling down. I, I think the genre gospel is just going to have to take the, the rain on that. Get that elevation, you know, anything gospel, especially old school. Hosanna. I remember Kirk Franklin's Hosanna when I was younger. And I got that album, I got I think I got that C D and that whole that whole record I had spinning. Kirk Franklin was really turning um gospel music upside down at the time, um, with his modernized, you know, flavors. And so that really resonated with me when I was younger. And Hosanna was one of the songs that just hyped me up. It was so good. Well, Roberta Lee, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been great to get to know you a little bit and behind the scenes of the record and uh, looking forward to your visit here. Uh, and thank you so much for you know enriching our lives with your music. Thank you. I truly appreciate you taking the time. I'm Mike Foley. Talk to you again on the next Music Journey. <laughs> December, and at WCBE, that means the Fresh Cut Food Drive is underway. Now in its 10th year, the goal is the same. Support great music and fight hunger in Central Ohio. It's that simple. For every donation WCBE receives in December, DNO Produce will provide three pounds of fresh food to the Mid-Ohio Food Collective. The more donations, the stronger the fight. Donate at wcbe.org today. Thanks. Thanks.